Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Sports Radio 92.7 FNC, Nick Wilson. We got hour two of the Nick Wilson Show, if you missed any of it. And it was action-packed. It was an action-packed and uh, a little bit off the rails. First hour of the show, WFNC.com for the full hours, bits, and interviews. We got three more hours to go. Uh, We'll continue on talking about the Miles Bridges situation. Miles Bridges, uh, Hornets forward, soon-to-be free agent, uh, right on the cusp of getting a lot of money in in the NBA, whether that's Charlotte or somewhere else, uh, arrested and charged with uh, felony domestic violence. So... Anything that comes out about that, of course, throughout today's show and throughout the rest of today's programming here locally with KB coming up at 2, we'll go, we'll keep you up to the latest with that. We've got Trevor Sikama, uh, charlatan, and also of the Draft Exchange coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll get into some of the stuff with the Panthers offseason, other teams around the NFL, Radio Tinder in 40 minutes as well. But DJ Moore, Panthers wide receiver, was on the Rich Eisen show yesterday and had uh, had interesting th- things to say about Ben McAdoo's offense compared to Joe Brady's. I feel like it's a better like structure for us to go into this uh, year um, than previous years. Um, can you, t- what, so then what's the difference? Can you give me a, an example, DJ, of what the difference is? The dif- uh, well, I could tell you a little something like the offense is, this is uh, way better than previous years so we have a lot of upgraded weapons and mm-hmm. calls that that will help us out this year i don't know i think everybody can infer that that feels like not necessarily a shot at joe brady but at joe brady's structure and, and how he ran an offense uh at the end there when he said upgraded weapons that to me felt like a red herring i don't i think the reality is I don't think it takes a lot to look back at the last two years and say that the offense and what players were being asked to do and the quarterback position and some of just the decisions made by Matt Rule that affected the offense have been the three biggest things holding back the NFL's, uh, the, the, the Carolina Panthers offense. The Panthers have not done enough to upgrade the quarterback position, but it's very, very rare, especially for a guy like DJ, who is not known to be a guy that speaks out. It's very, very rare that you hear somebody as candid as that. Now, he could have gone a lot farther into how it's better, but one of the things that I had heard, and this just heard, and this is no reporting here, is that players were frustrated because it was about a system and running a system rather than empowering individuals to be the best version of themselves. And I don't know that there's a better approximation than that. Um, On the roster for the Panthers offensively than DJ Moore. Because to me, DJ Moore has been... It's wild to me that DJ Moore statistically as, is as prevalent as he is. And has never played with a, a decent quarterback since Cam Newton in the first eight games of this year. And that DJ Moore has been held back by basically 
The goal with DJ Moore has been get him the ball within the first 10 yards and see if he can make a play. I don't know the Matt Rule era specifically has held a player back as much as DJ Moore. That doesn't mean that's Matt Rule's fault. But the offense, the play calling, the quarterback play, it is all hindered DJ Moore. And yet, he's pretty consistently between 1,100 and 1,200 yards per season. But this got me into the idea. This got me into the idea of how do we think. This goes back to the idea of the last two years. I'll ask you guys. What do you think has held back the Panthers more? Is it the offense and what they've been asking guys to do, including the quarterback position, or is it the quarterback play within the offense? Because last year, guys, I'll just say this. The quarterback position, outside of the first three games of the year and the first game that Cam won with P.J. Walker, so four wins, the, most of the rest of the season – the quarterback position did not give you a chance to win. It, it it ran antithetical to winning. But could the quarterback play have been better last year if they weren't trying to shoehorn Sam, Cam, PJ into a offense like Joe Brady's? And I think that this going to wait for the turn. I think that's actually a cause for celebration. I think that's a cause for optimism for the Carolina Panthers this year because Ben McAdoo, at the very best and worst, is an actual legitimate NFL offensive coordinator. So if if Sam ends up being the starter this year and he just completely dookies the bed, well, guys, it's all about Sam. It won't be about the offensive line. It won't be about the uh, the, the positions around them. It won't be the defense couldn't stop the run. It's go it won't be about the play calling. It's going to be almost exclusively because Sam can't cut it. I think the same thing goes with Matt Corral. I don't know that it's in. I, no, it's not in the best interest of the Carolina Panthers that Matt Corral starts this year at quarterback unless he's ready. But if he's not ready in and basically it's just he's better than Sam Darnold, Matt Corral's probably going to fail this year. But we'll look at that and say that's about. The quarterback, that's about being ready or his NFL abilities. It won't be all the other things about the Carolina Panthers. That's why I'm so insistent with the other quarterback stuff. I mean, sure, it's what we're all thinking. But the other part of this, for me, it's pretty simple. This team finally has a team that can lift up almost any decent starting quarterback. If this team right now, if Teddy Bridgewater walked into this team uh, today, I think Teddy Bridgewater could get you to 500 or better. If uh, Jared Goff was on this team, I think you'd be about 500. Whether that's 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, I think those guys are middle-of-the-road average starting quarterbacks. They're probably not going to win you a lot of games, not going to lose you a lot of games either. This team is ready to succeed in spite of a quarterback. But it starts, the biggest upgrade this offseason might end up being Ben McAdoo over Joe Brady. So DJ Moore saying that stuff about it's better structured, that's telling. Better weapons or upgraded weapons, that's telling. Let's go two years back in time. What do you think, if, we, if you and I could DeLorean this be, and we could change one of two things, 
Either they hire a different offensive coordinator, like a Ben McAdoo type two years ago, even though he because he did interview for the job. So you can hire Ben McAdoo two years ago, or you can do something different at quarterback other than Teddy Bridgewater. What do you think ends up helping the Panthers succeed more? Because if it wasn't Teddy, it would have been Cam. And Cam in New England had a couple moments early, and then after COVID, he fell apart. And that's why Mac Jones became the quarterback long-term. Well, you didn't have a quarterback fall to you at at seven because Herbert went six, Tua went five, Joe Burrow went one. So there's not a quarterback play year one that would have drastically changed from Sam to Cam. Now, maybe if you have Cam and you still go five and 12, maybe that means that you, uh, maybe that means you're either farther up the draft board. So you can draft a Wilson or a Lance or a, a Lawrence, or maybe it means you're you're a little bit freer to do so because you don't have any residual cap dealings that you have to worry about like you did moving on from Teddy's contract. DJ Moore, I think, is on to something, though. He's the re- Ben McAdoo, as weird as it sounds, James Campen too, because I really have heard great things about James. The changes on the coaching staff, I think, might be the biggest cause for celebration in Carolina. I think it's going to help Matt Rule be better at what he does, which is just being the damn head coach of the team. I think, finally, Matt Rule can trust his guys to implement his quote-unquote system. 704-570-9610. So, DJ Moore says Ben McAdoo's offense, compared to Joe Brady, this is all on the Rich Eisen show, we just play the sound, has better structure and upgraded weapons. If we go back two years ago, which move do you think the outcome hurt the Panthers more? Joe Brady becoming the offensive coordinator here, first-time signal caller in the NFL, first-time offensive coordinator in the NFL, first time he was a positional coach in the NFL after spending uh, a year at LSU. Is that the thing that doomed the first two years of Matt Rule more offensively, or is it the quarterback decision, specifically two years ago? Because I don't think the quarterback moves here were way off uh, off chart. I mean, by the way, what DJ said, Teddy Bridgewater said, on the way. He said a year ago, on the way out, that's when he talked about not practicing two minutes enough, some of the structure stuff, We've already heard this, and I think this is clear. Some of this had more to do with Joe Brady than it did Matt Rule. If a year ago they keep Teddy Bridgewater and sign or draft Justin Fields, even if Justin Fields struggles year one, I think we're probably still feeling better about the Carolina Panthers if a different offensive coordinator had been here. I think what DJ Moore said is really interesting. And I think it's, again, now that you're no longer there, now that he's no longer here, I think it's a cause for celebration. Robert, welcome to the show. What you got for us, buddy? What's going on, guy? Not much, my guy. What you got? I mean, for, for me, it, it was always just a, a, a clown comical situation when every week Matt Rule comes on and says, we run to run the ball and be physical. And I'm wondering, are him and Brady on the same page? I mean that. That I mean, it, it just really made him look like he didn't know what he was doing. I'm with you. 
Um, you know, maybe he's got coordinators, offensive coordinator he can trust now because clearly they weren't on the same page. Don't you agree? Yeah, I, I think that's – and I think that led to a lot of the, the timing stuff. Thanks for the call, Robert. I think the reality is you can overcome a young, green, inexperienced offensive coordinator. You can also overcome a quarterback who is limited in one way or another. You can't overcome both at the same time. And unfortunately, a year ago, the Panthers chose poorly. The ch- look, I know this is hindsight because this was not my take at the time, so i got to own that up front. I think in hindsight, they, knowing what we know now, they probably should have fired Joe Brady and kept Teddy Bridgewater. I think we. I think even if they didn't take a quarterback last year, our situation would look a lot more rosier with Teddy Bridgewater the last two years than with Joe Brady being where it is right now. Trevor Sikama of the Pro Football Focus Network. He joins us next. We'll get into this question about the offensive situation and how things change under Ben McAdoo on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ Radio Tinder coming up in just about uh, 20 minutes. We do have an official statement from the Charlotte Hornets on Miles Bridges' arrest. It is pretty much what you think it would be. The Charlotte Hornets are aware of the situation involving Miles Bridges. We are in the process of gathering additional information. We will have no further comment at this time. That is the right way to phrase it. That is the right way to release that statement. It is the right thing to allow this thing over the next couple of days to play out. Is that inconvenient for Miles Bridges? Yep. Is that going to impact the bag that he secures and when maybe he secures the money, whether it's in Charlotte or anywhere else? Yep. But that's really Miles's problem. The worst thing the Hornets can do one way or another is overreact. So that's the latest from the Charlotte Hornets on the Miles Bridges situation. Radio Tinder coming up in 20 minutes. But we just got into the conversation about DJ's comments on Ben McAdoo's offense compared to to Joe Brady's. And our next guest is going to help us uh, suss out uh, both the changes the Panthers have made and the changes the Panthers the last three years could have made. You know him on Twitter, at Tampa Bay Trey. You know him from the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. Uh, you know him as a host and analyst on Pro Football Focus, Trevor Sikama, Tampa Bay Trey. What's up, buddy? Nick, it is always good to be with you, my man. Appreciate you having me back on. I uh, I, I don't know if I can take credit for this, but it is... Is the fact that I've had both you and Alyssa, your now fiance, on the air? Do, do you think that that played into the success of your relationship? Oh, I mean, you know, we tell people all the time that, that that's the cornerstone. You know, when people ask and, and tell us to tell the story of our relationship, I mean, that's one of the first things that we got to bring up because you're right. Without you, I mean, we wouldn't be here, and that's just that fact. Well, I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn. Uh, Trey, we were just <laughs> we were just talking about DJ Moore's comments on, on Ben McAdoo's offense versus Joe Brady. If we go back, you and I traveled back in a DeLorean two years ago. Uh, hiring Joe Brady versus having uh, Teddy Bridgewater signed to a three-year contract, which deal or which decision do you think was more detrimental to the Matt Rule era getting off on the right foot? You know, it's a really interesting question when you pose it that way because both you could say, okay, they didn't exactly work to the ceiling, but I think it's probably Brady over Bridgewater because even if Teddy Bridgewater didn't get you exactly where you wanted to go, it, it, it's not like Bridgewater was 
disappointing from what people kind of believed that he was as a quarterback, especially coming into the situation. So the, the Brady, the Joe Brady thing, I think that certainly the hype for it got very out of control after the LSU season. And, you know, we're seeing what Joe Burrow and what Jamar Chase together are able to do without Joe Brady, right? And so you kind of wondered when you watched that LSU team, well, was Brady the pass game coordinator, who wasn't even the offense coordinator, by the way, right? we got to remember that. Was he hyped as this young pass game coordinator oh. by Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all of those guys were successful at LSU? And, and that just it didn't end up being the case. We're seeing right now that those guys are doing all right without Joe Brady. So I guess I've got to think that the Brady move, and I'll just say the expectations with it, probably the unrealistic expectations with it, were big reasons why Carolina's fans or expectations were a little bit further along than they probably should have been. So, honestly, if you look at things, like you said, if we take a time machine, if we look at things in hindsight, the move itself wasn't a bad move. You're taking a chance on a guy who's a young offensive coordinator. You're going, okay, maybe this guy's the next big thing. And Carolina was in the spot to be able to do that. It just didn't pan out. And unfortunately, the expectations were so high with it, there was so much success with him coming from LSU that everybody thought, oh, this is a shoe-in, right? This guy is going to be our next great offensive play caller. That I think that's actually where the big damage came from and a lot of why you see a lot of negative connotations around what's going on in the decision-making and second-guessing and all that kind of stuff. So the move, I actually I didn't really hate either move for where Carolina was at, but the fact that the Joe Brady one didn't work out, I think that one stings more, if you will. So I think this leads me to my next point and my next question because it's it's fu- it's funny to me that people say from a franchise quarterback to like a mid quarterback like a you know a system quarterback they see a huge difference in production in the NFL but then they don't do the same thing from like the 12th best quarterback to the 32nd best quarterback in the NFL. I kind of feel the same way and we think the same way about offensive coordinators. So if Joe Brady wasn't ready to be an NFL offensive coordinator in this situation, how much of a difference going from that situation to Ben McAdoo should we expect offensively this year? Well, I think that you're, you know, there's so much that goes into success, right? So much goes into success, whether it's the continuity with the rest of the coaching staff or the front office, getting the players that you need in there. Once you get the players that you want, okay, are they panning out the right way? Are they learning things? Are they picking things up? Are they even taking that, to new heights, all of these things go into what actually makes a play call a good play call, right? We, I think that fans, we have a bad tendency to think of this as Madden, right? That, that the offensive coordinator is sitting here with a controller in his hand, and if he just would have picked a different play, it all would have worked out. And that's just, that's not the case. It, it, there's so many pieces that go into the pie of being a good offensive coordinator. But I will say this, to the McAdoo point, you're not going to have to deal with the growing pains that Joe Brady clearly was going through when it comes to when to make certain calls and beyond when to make certain calls, how to orchestrate them on the practice field. It's not just about what happens on Sunday. What happens on Sunday is successful because you have run through it on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, walkthroughs, full pads, shells, whatever it is. You have instilled confidence in your players because you have also done it so many times. You know that these things are going to work. And I think there was probably a rift between Joe Brady kind of going off of what was successful at LSU, kind of learning his own things on the fly that 
when you're doing that, I'm not saying that everybody can't learn every day. That's true. But when you don't have that kind of confidence that you're instilling in your players to be able to go out and make the executions, even when you call the right play, that makes you a play caller that is susceptible to being replaced and to have doubts and things like that. So with McAdoo, it's not even the one and one plays. There's a lot of football plays that are just throughout the league that have existed, guys, for the last 10, 20 years, right? There's innovation and there's a little bit sure, but the baseline of how to call offense is a lot of it is the same. It's about executing it. It's about doing it in a timely manner. And the most important part as a coach is it's instilling that confidence. So no matter what play call you call, they're ready to execute it the way that they need to. It's not like there's only one play that's going to work in one instance every time. There's many. But it's that kind of work as an offensive coordinator that I think McAdoo's going to be able to do a little bit better here for Carolina than Joe Brady was able to. Trevor Sikama of the Draft Exchange podcast. By the way, you can find that everywhere. You can find your podcast on the guest line here talking about the Carolina Panthers situation. Uh all right, so if, if Tampa Bay is one of the elite teams left, your Buccaneers, I should say, very angrily should say, uh, if Tampa Bay is one of the elite teams left, how many potential, I know there are going to be seven playoff teams this year, but how many playoff-worthy teams truly are there in the NFC this year? So I think certainly Tampa is one of them. You have to, you have to pencil them in. I think the Packers, look, you know, they've still got – uh, Matt LaFleur, they still have the back-to-back reigning MVP in Aaron Rodgers. As long as he is still there, they are in contention, no doubt about it. You've got to be able to say the Rams bringing back most of what they brought back, Super Bowl champions, they're going to be in it, even though there might be a little bit of regression. Some people don't have too much confidence. But honestly, outside of those three, I mean, I'm trying to look at other teams. You know, the Saints are shaky, obviously, with all the changes that they've had. I think the Cardinals are going to take a big step back. What's Trey Lance going to be for the San Francisco 49ers? Vikings, okay, they've got some veterans in there, but a new head coach, new front office, a new way of doing things, that's always up for debate. Cowboys, I think I should throw in there probably as the number four because I have a lot of faith in Dak Prescott, and I do have faith in Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator, and especially them retaining Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. I think that they're pretty much a lock there, but no guarantees the Giants are going to be better even with some guys getting healthy. The Eagles, yes, they made the playoffs last year. I know there's a lot of confidence there with them, but it really is about three or four teams that you go, okay, these are lock teams, if you will. I'll throw the Cowboys in there. And then it's anybody's game. I mean, we're talking about could the Washington football team really turn things around with the defense that we thought were going to be top five last year? Could Justin Fields take a massive lead for the Bears? But I think even stronger than that is the Lions case to potentially sneak in there as a playoff team to take a massive leap this year. And um, of course, the Carolina fans, I know, are hoping that they're going to get the most out of their quarterback position and their young guys are going to turn it around, perhaps get themselves in a wild card contention. But that's the way I see it. There's no doubt about it, Nick, that things are much more competitive at the top in the AFC. But I guess if you're a Panthers fan listening to this, that means that uh, midway through the year, heck, even down the stretch, your Panthers might still have a chance to make the playoffs because it's a wide-open race for, like you mentioned, those fifth, sixth, and seventh spots. All right, this year there's a plethora of of young quarterbacks, an interesting crop of guys that could be available in 2023. If I can give you any of the quarterbacks in college football and you're an organization that probably isn't going to be good this year, who's the quarterback that you'd like to not be good for? Who's the quarterback you hope to have next year atop the draft? Okay, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give you two because it's that time of the year I'm allowed to do that. So don't give me crap about it, Nick. Of course, 
you have to pick Bryce Young as one of them, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. And look, a lot of people, once we get to the NFL process, they're going to nitpick his size. And he is a smaller quarterback. And normally when you have smaller quarterbacks, you have to be elite athletes to navigate, get out of the pocket, really be able to extend plays. A Kyler Murray, for example. Bryce Young's not that kind of, I think, athlete with his legs. He's just an unbelievable playmaker. I mean, the accuracy that this guy has when his back is against the wall, that is that X-factor, intangible, clutch gene that you simply cannot teach. And you saw that time and time again with him last year. Hope we get to see another full year of that this year. But then the other one is C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. I'll tell you guys, I just got done with summer scouting a couple of weeks ago for the quarterback position, and I went into it thinking, all right, C.J. Stroud, all right, big arm, okay, I get it, but look at all the receivers he had to throw to. Look at the running backs. Look at the offensive line, right? This guy's just going to be a product of his system. He's going to be good, but he's not going to be great. Guys, I was dead wrong. I mean, this guy is so fantastic. The fundamentals are already so clean for such a young player. He's got a great arm that can hit for distance anywhere on the football field. He absolutely was a major part of why those great playmakers at Ohio State were able to rack up the staff they were. He was not just this point guard facilitator. He was a scorer. He was a star. And so those two quarterbacks, I think, very good chance of going number one and number two in the draft upcoming. I know there's a lot of good defensive players, too, but those two guys, I think, are going to be franchise guys in the NFL. Any team needing a quarterback would be happy to get those two. Final one, uh, Trey. Who has better hair, you or Connor Rogers? You know what? What I'm growing my hair a little bit right now, so I look like an absolute wild man. It's probably been about four months since I got a haircut, but we're trying to do like the long hair thing going on right now. So I just saw him yesterday for our podcast. He's got a lot more trimmed up. I got to give it to him. He's a good looking dude. So I'll give him the crown. I'll be humble and I'll give him the crown right now, but uh, I'm coming for it once this hair actually gets out of the awkward stage. You are such a damn gentleman. Follow this man on Twitter at Tampa Bay. Trey, uh, Trevor, you're awesome, buddy. Really do appreciate you. And because I haven't been able to say it on air yet, congrats on the engagement, buddy. You are two great people and great at what you do. We appreciate you both. I appreciate it, Nick. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. Thank you so much. Uh, Trevor Sikama of the NFL Draft Exchange podcast there on the guest line. Good dude. Good stuff. We'll react to some of that as the show goes on. But it is your time, or one of your times, to get on the show by sending in your submissions on Radio Tinder. 704-570-9610 on the Garage Door Guru text line. Or at Nick Wilson says, Radio Tinder on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Next. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. I hold in my hands $10. I would like to say today has been a very profitable day for the Nick Wilson show because leading into the show, Itty Bitty Fitty and I were having an argument about uh, bolo ties. wasn't an argument. No, no, no. It was an argument because you didn't know what it was, and I was arguing that you're a moron. So it wasn't an <laughs> argument. However, we were also having a conversation about the Miles Bridges situation, and our new boss, Jeff, bet me. He said, I'll give you $10 if you can find a way to work Miles Bridges and Bolo Tie into the same sentence, and I hold in my hand after acing it. How long was that into the first segment of the show? Was it, it 30 seconds? Been, it might have been two minutes. Was it Was it two minutes? I don't even know. I blacked out because I was being so successful earning my $10 here, so I'm letting everybody know 
Nick Wilson earned ten dollars today. If you didn't get to hear me say Miles Bridges and Bolo tie in the same sentence while landing the plane on the segment as well. WFNZ.com. Oh, I'd like fly. to point out. I'd like to point out what just happened there. All right, spontaneous talking point, callback, and cheap show plug. I'm gonna need more than ten dollars, Jeff. All right, that was I nailed it there. You know what? Swipe right on myself. We're gonna start Radio Tinder. I, I'm swiping right on my performance on air. I saved us from getting run off the air with Beth because uh, she said she had a she had a, a slip of the tongue today. Uh, we also had, which really isn't a great way to phrase that, so maybe I have to swipe left for myself now. But we had that. We had the Miles Bridges and Bolo tie, but now it's your turn. Give us a name, a topic, an idea, a statement, and we will swipe left if we don't like it. We'll swipe right if we do. And I'm just going to go ahead and swipe left on Jeff's idea. Jeff was like, so he gives me my $10 because I'd earned my $10. And Jeff goes, ah, you should buy the kid lunch with it. It's ten dollars. One, we're getting about seventy-five percent of lunch with this ten dollars. Two, I'm not I'm not earning the money and then turning around and buying you lunch with it. No, sir. I'm enjoying my ten dollars. I might just sit here and look at my ten dollars and just fancy it. Can I also just swipe left on Jeff? Because <laughs> you haven't. You haven't taken shots at the new boss for two weeks, are I've you, got, Nancy? I've got another one. How is it? Now, granted, this wasn't him pulling any strings or anything, but how can he make it make you $10 richer? But I can't get my apple pies back in the vending area. Well, because the, this is this directly came from his, uh, his lottery. All right? Or from, not his lottery. From his wallet. <laughs> he, has, he has no way to financially grease the wheels to get Mrs. Freshly's in the, 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 the whatever area, I almost said lobby, in the communal uh, area down there where there's food. So I feel like i got to swipe left on you. I feel like this is a Mexican standoff of swiping left because I'm sorry to say, I think you're blaming the wrong guy. I think you got to start bullying people at WBTV. See, I don't know if I have the strings for that. You're like, look, I don't, look, I don't have the calves or the ass that you and Bailey have. Listen, Bailey's got the ass. I've got the calves. I'd love it if I had an ass to compete with Bailey. I don't have it. i got to swipe left of my own ass. All right? I'm just going to admit this. A lot of swiping left today. It's like women on my Tinder profile. Swipe left on them. Let's just keep this going. <laughs> 704 number saying, uh, I'd frame the $10 and hang it up in the broadcasting room. Yeah, here's the problem. Radio is so, we are all so cheap and craven. I come in, the the thing would be broken and the $10 would be gone. Oh, yeah, because Mac would steal it to go buy him. No, no, no. It'd be you. It would be you that was like, well, I'm the board op on a show and we're in a radio relationship, so I'm going to go ahead and take that money because I need it. No answer, huh? Well, no, Jeff just texted in because he's a great boss. He says, I have multiple requests for the apple pies. Oh. He said blame television. So you know what? Swipe right on that. We'll blame television. All right. So I need you to go over there, find a big wig, and just just neg him. Hey, uh... Are you going? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You going full Tepa? Yeah, yeah. Tower Step shows up when so, they go to blame. Uh, which one of you idiots over here, you morons, don't have Mrs. Freshly in the vending area? Because bitty bitty fitty <laughs> trying to get to be a big bitty fitty. <laughs> no? <laughs> 
This is, this is Hakuna Mobamba all over okay, again yesterday. I say something, and then you don't pick it up. All right? Uh, Brian on the Garage Door Guru text line saying, should Bridges be found not guilty, he'll only get half, three-fourths of the most of the money he was originally going to get in free agency. Swipe left. Um, I still think Miles will get most of the money that he was going to get beforehand, but only if he waits. If he panics and says, I'll sign that contract you got... I wouldn't be surprised to see him take uh, a little bit of hit there. I, but I think I think his camp is smart enough. I think the Hornets are smart enough to let this thing play out and just take a moment. They, you, you don't have – nobody has to do anything right now. I prematurely swipe left as well because I think if he's found not guilty – and look, I think it's what we're all hope. I'm not saying we're hoping he's found not guilty. We're hoping it comes out that there the, the details aren't that bad and that – Things don't appear to be what they seem. Yes. Yes. If, if that happens, he'll get his money. So I'll swipe left. All right. Uh, bagel guy saying uh, Kenobi was the best Star Wars spinoff. You answer first. I had to think about this one. This one's a tough one for me. I'm going to swipe right. I, I know a lot of people, they want to put Rogue One up there. Um, and then all this. It, it's definitely the best thing they've done since Disney bought the franchise. Now I agree with Ooh. your guy. Um, oh, the, the 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 TV critic we bring on sometimes, Sean O'Connell. Yeah, about like there were some episodes that kind of dragged. Uh huh. But I thought overall, like the main content was elite. Swipe left. Whoa. It's Mandalorian. Whoa. It's Mandalorian. Mandalorian's the best thing that they've done for the Star Wars universe. And, well, and uh, the ride at Disney, because the ride at Disney, I, I almost said Flight of Star Wars. That's, That's not, not what it fair. is. Fair. Why? Not, not everyone's been to Disney. Well, uh, I keep getting 10 bucks from our boss and you'll <laughs> save up money over time. Stop buying Mrs. Freshlings and eventually you can afford it too. Uh, no, I, I'm i sorry. The the ride, which again, I'm get, the rise of the resistance and a Mandalorian are the two best things that Disney has done since buying uh, the property. Ooh, 704 number saying... Getting rid of the uh, bit with Beth segment. Swipe left. I mean, sure, she's probably going to cause us to to be panhandling in four weeks because she's going to get us fired. But uh, but no, that's gold. Yeah, that's absolutely uh, yeah. gold. We're swiping left on that person because Beth Troutman makes us better. She's the highlight I'll, of yeah, our show. I'll swipe right on that yeah. as well. That's the best. Uh, Gordon saying Gordon Hayward. This is not Gordon, by the way. This is this is this is a different Gordon saying Gordon Hayward is a better small forward for today's NBA than Miles Bridges. I don't think Miles Bridges is a is a small forward. I, I think he's a hybrid big forward. I do think Gordon's more of that wing small forward type. So I'll swipe right on that. Run I, that by me again. Uh, Gordon Hayward is a better small forward for today's NBA than Miles Bridges. I just don't consider Miles, uh, you know, Rashad Phillips has like the the nine different position groups yeah. instead of the five. I don't consider him a small forward anymore. I consider Miles a hybrid forward. Yeah, I'll swipe right because of he went the full positions. Had you went the wing route, I would have swiped left and went Miles over Gordon. I don't know, man. I think Gordon has really, really been attacked for his. He's really, really good. I, he is. Like, I, and not just that. Like. He's kind of the ultimate guy you want on the court. If he's, you know who he is? Gordon Hayward in his prime is the ultimate third player of a big three because the first two can do whatever they do exceptionally, and then Gordon ties them all together. 
right? It's what LeBron never had in Miami because Bosch wasn't the perfect fit. It's what LeBron never had in Cleveland because Kevin Love wasn't a perfect fit. Like, Gordon Hayward is at, was at one point a superstar, but I... Like, that uh, okay star. star we'll go I'll, I'll i'll back off that star but i think he's the perfect guy to be the third leg of a, a superstar trio or star trio um all right so we've got the fourth of july coming up swipe left swipe right the fourth of july is the superior grilling out barbecuing holiday um when it comes to patriotism uh my favorite day it's absolutely you know okay I'm gonna swipe right on this because I'm gonna because I was gonna go somewhere else. But uh, to me, especially because you get the 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 third day out of it, everybody's in a good mood. It's a great day to be outside. It's warm. It's sunny. Baseball. Baseball. Beer. Brats. Beer. I mean, it's just an excuse to have fun and uh, and get outside. But I will say this. And I'm gonna swipe right on this. You can swipe left or swipe right. Underrated grilling holiday is Christmas. Grilling steaks in the morning on on Christmas to me is it's a Wilson tradition. Uh, we haven't been able to do it since living down here because it's only the four of us or five of us. So I have I, there's five people in my family. I should know that. But back home when uh, when Big Daddy had his place in Lodi, I would grill uh, steaks every uh, Christmas morning. I swipe right on that because my family we do it Christmas Eve because we do steak, crab legs. Baked potato, Caesar salad, and, you know, some sort of, of a bread. Uh, the bagel guy saying Gordon Hayward will be on the Hornets roster this year. Swipe right. I just, I, I get the, this NBA Twitter and NBA fans just get it in their head. Bad contract, bad contract, bad contract. Unless you can upgrade on the player and get rid of the contract, I have no interest in trading Gordon Hayward. I'll swipe right, but I'll condition that by saying he will not finish next season on the Hornets. All right, Gordon Hayward for Julius Randle. Who says no? Uh, Not me. All right, 704-570-9610. Keep them coming in on the Garage Door Guru text line. What am I going to do with my $10 here? I mean, it's too, you gave me two fives, so it even feels more important as opposed to a you know one ten dollar bill. So I really feel big pimping right here with my ten dollars earned with our boss. Um, we come back, we'll get into the latest on the Miles Bridges situation on Sports Radio ninety two seven FNC.